Thanks be to God, indeed. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven and the risen Lord Jesus. Amen. Yes, it is the last Sunday of the Easter season, and yet we continue to proclaim Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Yes, we are the ones who share this news of the risen Jesus. Thursday was Ascension Day. That day we remember that Jesus ascended to heaven. So with the apostles and all the disciples and the people of the world, we're waiting for him to come back and we're wondering what's next. What is next? This week was graduation for so many and we grieve that they are not able to walk across stages, enjoy that ritual, celebrate with their friends. Some are trying to plan for college. Will they go away? Will they stay? Will school be online in the fall? We just don't seem to know yet. Well, what will summer be like here in Vegas? It will be hot, sure. But will there be tourists to come and swim in hotel pools? Will we attend summer concerts and events? Will there be summer weddings and celebrations? Will those be online too? What about summer movies? We look forward to those. Are they a thing of the past? Will there be murder hornets? We just don't know. What's next for us? In our world, we are awaiting a reopening of our society, of our city and businesses and restaurants and hotels and casinos and libraries and schools and workplaces and more. And we can't see the future, so we might get afraid at times. And while many warn of the possibility of more coronavirus infections in the fall, we move forward faithfully, carefully, with as much wisdom as we can find and caution for the sake of our neighbors. And we hope and pray that all would remain healthy and safe and would do nothing to bring about more illness in our community. Our church council meeting this week centered on discussion about what is needed for us to begin to gather again here for worship in person. What will that worship look like when that day comes? But until then, we're putting plans together based on recommendations from medical experts, our church leaders, along with input from you, the body of Christ in the world. In the building and out of this building, we know we are the church. Say it with me. We are the church. We remember that while the building may be closed, mostly for now, The church is alive and breathing and living and sharing and learning and healing and praying and proclaiming Jesus is Lord. He is risen. He is risen indeed. We are Easter people. We're not afraid but bold to share our faith, to tell about our friend, our brother, our hero, our savior, Jesus. That's what this season is about. And next Sunday, as we move into the season of Pentecost, We're going to hear more about that spirit. But the Easter, the Easterness of us doesn't change. We are still ones proclaiming the risen Lord here in the kingdom. So it was for those first apostles and the early Christians too. They disagreed about some things. But when Paul heard about his friends back in Corinth arguing about the resurrection, he had to include this last bit in his letter to them. There were people talking about what happens to the bodies of believers after they die. And some were arguing that our bodies would not be raised. 
but that it was the spirit that was raised to be with God in heaven. And so much of this was still new to them. There were not thousands of years of Christian tradition and teaching to give them guidance and perspective. So they were figuring it out. They were working through it. And Paul reminds them they are in the process, this process of being saved. It's not complete yet. Their baptismal journey is ongoing. And he reminds them of the good news he first shared with them that he passed on to them just as it was passed on to him. Jesus was born of a human mother and took on flesh. Jesus lived a human life and died a human death. Jesus was raised from the dead and appeared in his body to the disciples. Jesus was fully God and fully human flesh. And Jesus was called our Emmanuel, our God with us. Came to be with us as friend, teacher, leader, healer, savior. And he had a body. So do we. So people wondered, rightly so, what's next for our bodies? It's an important question now, just as it was then. You see, Paul was teaching them that if you didn't think the dead could be raised, then you were saying Jesus wasn't raised. And therefore, none of this makes a difference. It's all useless, unhelpful, and in vain. And the proclamation of the gospel, the church, the teaching, even faith itself. We're all dead in our sins and we're just worm food. We don't want to think that, but the reality of death is right there in front of us, more than ever for many of us. Death is as real as it gets. And we live our whole lives trying not to die. We want to do things with our lives that are meaningful, that are not meaningless. We want to live life to the fullest, to work and participate in the world and hope that it's all for a reason, that it matters. This weekend, we remember those who fought and died in service to our country. They sacrificed their bodies, their time, their relationships and futures. Maybe it was because they believed in the cause, maybe out of duty, tradition, or lack of other choices, but nonetheless, we remember them all and give thanks and pray that our children, that anyone's children, would be spared that calling and sacrifice in the future. But we don't know what's next. After the heartbreaking video of the death of Ahmad Arbery last week, we heard of Brianna Taylor shot in her own home by an off-duty police officer looking for a suspect who was already in custody. Death is always in the news. They say if it bleeds, it leads. Now we hear nearly 100,000 deaths in our country alone from coronavirus. Their names printed in the front of the newspaper. Others died at the hands of a gunman this week. Just this weekend, 97 killed in a plane crash in Pakistan. What can all this death mean for us? We've seen too much death in our nation and in the world. And I have to imagine it was just as bad in Paul's time. People were dying all the time from things we wouldn't think of nowadays. But the apostle had been all over the world. He had seen lots of things. In fact, he was one himself who had persecuted Christians, had presided over their death, stalked and hunted down others. Paul lives with his regrets and knows his failings and here calls himself one untimely born 
one born at the wrong time. As the risen Christ had blinded him, appeared to him and revealed himself there in bodily form on the road to Damascus. Paul's body mattered to Jesus. Jesus' body mattered too. And yet they hung him on a cross, there to die in the presence of his mother. The crime of speaking out against authority, not knowing what they did, but that God would use it for the healing of the world. He stayed there with the blood that ran down from his hands and side as physical evidence of his bodily death. And it was a common belief at the time of this early church that the spirit or the soul, the suke, was separate from the flesh or the sarks. Bodies were yucky, dirty. Spirit was holy essence, but flesh was that sinful meat that we just kind of walk around in. We know what bodies do, and we don't want to let God know about all that nasty stuff. God knows. This must be the reason people went out and bought all the toilet paper a couple of months ago. Uh, bodies, yeah, bodies are dirty. They're the stuff that uh, we don't always want to talk about or look at or, or know about. And we carry those ideas with us too, even if that's not true. We all have a body. But I wonder if we need to start thinking about bodies a little more holistically. As Ivy and I were walking around Lone Mountain Thursday morning, more than six feet apart from anyone else, and huffing and puffing our breath, and we felt the muscles in our legs working hard. I still feel it today. And our eyes saw the steep trails to the summit, we chose not to attempt those. We felt the sweat begin to seep out from our brows and we marveled at the beautiful blue sky as our walking became a prayer in motion there in the northwest part of our valley. And if we're just flesh, that was just exercise, just to keep up the maintenance on the moving parts that facilitate our thinking, that house our holy parts deep inside. But maybe it's more. Maybe God cares about our bodies too. Maybe our bodies matter just as much to God as our minds, our hearts, our spirits. And too many have spent far too much energy despising bodies that they feel aren't good enough, aren't right, aren't working well enough, or too different from other bodies. We abuse bodies, shame them, ridicule bodies of others and make up arbitrary ideals of what bodies should be. We're distraught when our bodies won't do what we want or produce what we hope they would or begin to slow and change. If God loves us all and God loves all of us, that means that our bodies are loved by God as well. Did you hear that? If God loves us all, and God loves all of us, that means our bodies are loved by God as well. So we care for the bodies of those around us. Maybe some of you are taking care of aged parents, in-laws. Many have asked if we're hosting the summer cooling station in Edwins Hall soon. It will be well over 100 degrees by next week. So many in our valley walk around hungry, and though food, through food ministries, we get to help care for their bodies. Last week, our church received a grant from the Grand Canyon Synod for $3,500. I 
to help benefit outreach and food ministry here at Reformation. So we're doing that. We'll need some help bagging, groceries, delivering things to neighbors in need. So if you know of someone in need of food, please let us know and reach out if you want to help with shopping or delivery of food bags. Being the body of Christ means that we help care for the bodies of our neighbors. That's an important part of who we are as followers of Jesus. Yes, God so loves our, us that our bodies get raised up too. When we come to an end here on earth, our bodies get raised up too. If they're not, then Jesus is not, and Jesus is. So we are, and our bodies are us. All will be made alive in Christ. What will that look like? We don't quite know. We don't have all the details. Will our bodies be the same? Will they be more? We can't say. But we can say what has been passed on to us. Christ has been raised from the dead. This is for a reason. It's not meaningless. We are the body of Christ in the world. In this building and out, and we will be with him too. Paul writes to his friends to tell them this mystery. They are waiting for the return of the Savior. And some expected it to happen sooner rather than later. But we know that no matter the time, we are all in Christ here and now. And we believe and are baptized and given a share of that Holy Spirit in us and are united with him now too. A foretaste of that feast to come. We will be with him forever. So for now, we ought to act like it. We better use and enjoy these bodies in the service of our neighbor in ways that give life, in ways that are helpful and healthy and holy, and we use them to the good of the world around us for the sake of others, for our children and friends and lovers and ones who need a little help with their bodies and their spirits too. We share the good news of Jesus who lived and died and took on our shame, our dysphoria, our physical impairments, our self-hatred, our prejudices, and all our sin to the cross so that we would not be the same, but that all would be changed, transformed. And that's what's next. We will be made new, flesh and body, blood and soul, and welcomed into the embrace of eternal life with him. So death has no more power over us, no sting, no victory. We know these bodies will not last forever on earth, but are redeemed in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And they are good, and they will be ours, just as we are his forever. Let us pray. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen and amen.